Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Woo! This time, this time we got our shit together and... Aaron and I decided I'm going to do the intro and we're not going to step all over each other. We're not going to like talk over each other and sound like idiots unprepared. So I have the pleasure of introducing you all to episode 34 of the Dead Regenerates Clubhouse. And I just said Degenerates stupidly. But anyway, how was your weekend, Senor Jeffy? I had to struggle mightily just now to not <laughs> laugh through that intro because off air, I was like, all right, Mondo, we, we've been a little bit off on the intros, but you got this one. Are you ready? Are you hyped? Are you focused? And then he opens with woo. And like, I, I just was covering my mouth with my hands, trying not to let out an audible laugh. Oops, my bad. I'm trying to get everybody excited and pumped about another episode, man. It made me laugh. I got I got in the mood. I got a chuckle. I'm like, I yeah, got some feel-good vibes leading the episode. So mission accomplished, Armando. I salute you, you. Thank you. Uh, my, my weekend and, God, really the last week has just been uh, doing a remodel of the basement or, or home. Lots of... Lots of work and framing and electrical, and, and uh, now I'm about to start drywalling. And then I've been been working out. I ran 10 miles yesterday at a, at a pretty good pace and somehow managed to trick my brain into thinking it was not that far. Can can I tell you, the, like, a little breakdown of how my brain sure, works sure. in this run? Okay. It, the planned route I had was six miles. And five miles into it, I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit tired, but I feel like I got more gas left in the tank than I normally do on a six-mile run. So this is how my brain broke it down. I was like, okay, it's a mile back to my car. Then, if I get to my car, all I have to do is run two miles away from my car, turn around, and I just have to get back to my car. Like, that's 10 miles, and I only have to run, like, a mile or two miles at a time. That's easy. It's short. And somehow I tricked myself into doubling the distance that at, at the time when I started figuring all this and it made sense somehow. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. I've done something where like, if I just do this and that and then, and then yeah, yeah, the whole plan falls apart and, and you know, you end up, but it, but it worked gloriously sort of, I was, I was running my third fastest mile of the whole thing was the 10th mile. So, uh, plans and schedules for our half marathon and Flagstaff are, are still moving along we're like two and a half weeks out that's very exciting i'm looking forward to getting to a slightly warmer climate in arizona but before we we really dive into that let's talk about uh, a different sort of warmer climate like a a, a hot spicy climate <laughs> down in florida what kind of shenanigans has florida been, man been up to this I, week because that's it. it's not a that's not a that's not a dry heat in florida that's a wet moist heat as only florida can get you moist I wow sorry for people who hate that word i just said it I twice in a row i love the transitions because you don't have to get too specific i just start laughing at <laughs> anyway uh, i'm gonna read the headline maybe a few sentences here florida man's been busy um florida man arrested for murder after new wife found buried in backyard florida man was whoops yeah a Florida man was busted after his newlywed wife's remains were found buried in their backyard, Authority said. Roberto Colon, 66, of Boynton Beach, was arrested Saturday on a charge of first-degree murder in the slaying of 45-year-old 
Mary Stella Gomez Mullet, the South Florida Sun Sentinel reported. Wait, is is her last name literally well, Mullet? Well, she's got the the whole like the typical Latina like seven names. Uh, it's Mary Stella Gomez Mullet, so it's hyphenated Gomez Mullet. So yeah, her last name is Mullet. Can it get any more obvious that she's from Florida? I'm really disappointed because I am pulling up pictures of both of them, and neither of them have mullets. How is someone in a Florida man story named Mullet and there are no mullets present? That's highly disappointing. Um, you were able to find pictures of the wife. I only found pictures of the of the dude. Yeah, she's she's cute, especially for that guy. Well, she's dude, she's long. also 21 years younger than him, which is I'm like, what the fuck? If okay, look, I'm 40. She's 40, or she was you know, 45. So she wasn't that much older than you and I are to marry a 66 year old. I'm like, what? Like, it's just far fetched for me unless he comes from money maybe, but I, I don't know. It's probably, I mean, looking at that, that photo of his grizzled, just like lined face. I mean, it, it looks like, uh, it, it, it looks like concrete that's just been in the sun for a long time and has all kinds yeah. of cracks and like little bits of grass and shrubs growing out of it. That's what this guy's face looks like. So I'm assuming it was just his tar- his charm and raw sexual magnetism that attracted <laughs> her to him. She's like, yeah, that's my type. Just like borderline homeless looking well, and well, angry. Well, check this out. The couple tied the knot in January, just weeks after meeting each other, a news station CBS 12 reported. Cologne allegedly told authorities that he wed Gomez Mullet to give her U.S. citizenship in exchange of taking care of his mother, the outlet reported. Gomez Mullet was reported missing on February 20th after a friend overheard a concerning encounter between her and Cologne over the phone, police said. The pal told authorities that Gomez Mullet was yelling, no, 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 Roberto, before the call ended. Uh, holy shit. Okay, so... Not to to, to go back to her. You're using, obviously, the correct Spanish pronunciation, but I do want to point out this guy's name is Colin, and her name is Mullet. This was was an ass mullet marriage, and I feel like it was doomed from the start. These star-crossed lovers, like a white trash Romeo and Juliet in, in their midlife crisis, were bound to collide. I feel like there was probably some Romeo and Juliet, um, tragedies that were going to befall them and that's what it sounds like how it played out dude i i just don't know at call me crazy but they only knew each other for a few weeks and they decided to tie the knot like like i I don't know i just that's too i know young people do stupid shit like that right like oh you know i'm you know 16 17 or like shotgun wedding they get married but these people are already like in latter stages of their life getting married having known each other for only a week how do they meet how do you meet? How does a forty-five-year-old broad meet a sixty-six-year-old man? Like, where? I'm interested in knowing that. Greencardsonly.com, probably, right? Well, because because I mean, it, it, they gave us the answer. It says that he wed her for U.S. citizenship. She she needed citizenship. That that was the that was the golden ticket. You know, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it was you got to to go to the magical uh, slave labor camp of of Willy Wonka and, and eat some crazy chocolate. And in her case, it was the golden ticket was you got to come to our, our sort of screwed up dysfunctional country, which is probably better than her screwed up dysfunctional country. And he, she was like, all right, I'm in. Uh, I have to take care of your of your, your mom. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there was some negotiations where he's like, yeah, and I'm going to need sex twice le- weekly. And she's like a ham job biweekly. And he's like, OK, deal. <laughs> they, they negotiate like a salary. <laughs> 
I'm going to skip a little bit of the article here. She's a hand job biweekly, but I get to watch Spanish uh, telenovelas while I'm doing it. He's like, that's fine. Uh, we will we will both look at the. Have you ever seen the the women in those like Spanish soap operas? Oh yeah, dude. Good lord. Oh yeah. Sometimes they're dude. They're very lusty. They're very like showing their. In, in Spanish, we call them chichis. In English, breasts. But uh, yeah, they're uh, they're always showing their tittle bitties. Well, and, and those shows are, I I think unintentionally, maybe intentionally hilarious. But yeah, the the, the uh, Spanish weather girls and the Spanish. Um, Zero fucks given. They're like, we're hiring you because you're fucking hot. Oh, absolutely. And and it, same thing. I mean, they care nothing about acting ability or credentials when they're hiring the the, the uh, Mexican soap stars. They're like, you know, are are your proportions to the point where like the brain struggles to comprehend it? Yes, you're hired. <laughs> so I I think I think uh, Mr. Mullet would have been down to watch one of those when he was getting his biweekly handy. Uh, detectives later searched his home and uncovered bloodstains on the front door in the garage and inside the workshop the outlet reported. He claimed that the blood may have belonged to one of his dogs that died years ago, <laughs> but lab tests confirmed that the samples belonged to a human, the paper reported. When confronted with the new evidence, Colon, or as you call him, Colin, allegedly told de- detectives that Gomez Mullet was swimming with the fishes. <laughs> Find the body, Cologne yelled to the detectives. Then as the officers left his property, Cologne said to them, well, at least you didn't find a body at my house. Oh my God. How dumb are you? How dumb are you? This guy is, is Florida man dumb. That, that's a special sort of dumb. And he, wow, he seemed really confident. First of all, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, I've had multiple dogs die. There's never been blood smeared on the front door from one of my dogs, like, months later. Usually, you know, we would we would take them to the vet and let the vet put them down. But even if one of the dogs had somehow died uh, in our household, we're just going to leave its blood. Like that. I don't know why, to me, so far, this is the most gruesome part. Not him um, moronically baiting detectives to search his home. Here's another. Good lord. Here's another thing. I so so this this article is from another source. I forget which I stole this from, but but it caught my attention because of some of the other shit he said to the detectives. Apparently, he said, "There's one thing they can't do. They can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again." <laughs> and apparently, he said that to the police officers. Which I'm like, dude, you are a fucking crazy savage maniac. Like, what's wrong with you? He ba- he just he, he pretty much confessed to a bunch of things by being an idiot and some of the things he said. Yeah. In this guy's mind, he's like Silence of the Lambs criminal mastermind. And in reality, um, he's just a dude named Colin who <laughs> is probably there's that like level of IQ where it's like, okay, are you are you just a not that bright individual or are you special needs? Do you know when you go to grade school, do you need to have the the scissors taken away from you, you know, do you have to have special caps on, like, the glue? Like, he was he was probably just teeter-tottering on that IQ line, like Humpty Dumpty, swaying back and forth. And at that moment, when the detectives came in, he became one IQ point stupider and just fell off that fucking wall. Do you, do you like how I, I just worked that metaphor right back in? You see how I did that? That's... Yeah. <laughs> It was that's pro, just yeah, seamlessly. I wouldn't say seamless, but it was it was close. It was pretty good. Hey, before we move on to something nif- different, something new, I got to ask you: Do you know any, or have you 
heard of someone close to you, family, whatever, someone that you've known that married somebody else for their citizenship? Like, have you heard of that at all? Well, I mean, I've heard of it, but then, no, that hasn't happened in my family. So when I was um, in high school and I was, I think, 16 or 17 years old, I had a buddy of mine who was like a year or two older than me. So he was he was legally 18 or, or, or legal age to consent marry. He and I worked together, I won't say where, um, at like a fast food joint, let's just say. And we had another female coworker that also worked with us at that fast food joint, but she was undocumented. Uh, long story short, somehow the family of this female proposition, my buddy, hey, will you marry her? She needs citizenship. And so, yeah, they, he did. He got paid a little bit of money. Um, the way I recall, uh, the way it was told to me was they did have you know, marital relations as they would, and they try to make it work out. But, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was kind of bizarre because I was, I still consider myself a kind of a kid, you know, 16, 17. And here I have his friend marrying a a girl for, uh, you know, for, for documentation. It was kind of strange. You know what? That, that jogged my memory. I don't think it was for documentation, but it it wasn't, uh, it wasn't anybody in my family, but I know there's this guy named, uh, Josh who had done, like some landscaping work and stuff for my, for my mom. Then I, somehow we became like, uh, like a family friend, basically. Like he, you know, he would come over to Thanksgiving, you know, dinner every so often, things like that, you know, a, a few years here and there. So I like, I'd met him several times and my mom was really excited. She's like, yeah, he, apparently Josh has met this woman from, I don't, I don't know if it was Brazil or Argentina. It was one of those two. Like they'd met online, and that's one of those ones where you're like, okay, like yeah. <laughs> he's either getting catfished or like this just isn't going to go anywhere. And then I guess after corresponding online, like she came to visit him in Denver, and then a little while later he went to visit her uh, in South America. And then they were just like, okay, we're going to get married. I remember also thinking like, ah, good lord, like yeah. this probably isn't going to work out. Yeah. But you know what? As far as I know, they're still married. And, you know, for, for a guy uh, in Boulder who, I think he, he has like a, a, like a city or a county job doing like maintenance and landscaping work. Like he married like a, a, a uh, woman significantly out of his, his, his uh, attractiveness level. I mean, like Good for at him. least like three bumps up where I was like, God damn it. You know what? Like, Josh, you pr- prove everybody wrong. Like make this marriage work. Right? And cause his, his, uh. Wait, I think I only saw one picture, but I was like, holy shit, Josh, how did you pull that why, off? Good for you, why buddy. Why can't I be so lucky, god damn you, but good for him. You're, you want me to find out what website he met her on? I mean, Probably. That's, that's the, he, he was out there looking. Josh was, Josh was hunting. He didn't limit himself to, to, to Denver or Colorado or someone who like fluently spoke the same language as him. He's like, I will, I will go to the ends of the earth to find a woman who's like way, way hotter than I should have anything to do with me and will marry me. And he did you it. I mean, it wasn't citizenship only.com. Like you said earlier, <laughs> it wasn't that <laughs> green, green cards yeah, only.com. Only. I might try you know that. What? If that's not a website, so I think we, we've got a new business plan. There we go. Green. We are now, I'm, we are I'm, now I'm, sponsored by <laughs> green cards only.com. Oh, I just typed it in green cards only.com. This site cannot be reached. Ooh. Fuck. I'm gonna, I got to get on that and register that. You know, but, it has got to be, that's got to be a viable business because if you know how that there's that website where it's like adult, like an adulterous website where they're like people seeking other married people. Like if that exists and that's legitimate, why can't there be greencardsonly.com? 
You know what I mean? I've never heard of that website, and if I had heard of it, I wouldn't know that it was called Ashley Madison. Oh yeah, that's the one. That's what I want to see. Um, because I'm not, I'm not like you, Mondo. No, no, I sick and twisted person. I only heard about that when they were like being uh, sued by somebody for like revealing private information, but it was kind of like a weird. Anyway, yeah, I. I never even heard existed. The website, hypothetically, AshleyMadison.com, <laughs> got sued for revealing. Wow, that that almost sounds like a like one of those uh, like like Spanish soap operas that we were talking. About. It sounds like a show that you could potentially see on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 which it, it is, it, it kind of ruins the transition when, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like halfway through it. And is it, is it a little bit forced? Maybe, but we got there. I'm gonna keep my eye open for that show. And if not, I might start working on the screenplay. <laughs> but in the meantime, have you seen anything new on Netflix that's worth watching? Actually, I have. Uh, and you have to take it from here. So earlier, before we started recording, I asked you to give me a name. And the name you came up with was, was Elias. So here we go. The new on Netflix show for this week is Elias, Celebrity Vampire Hunter. Ooh, that is a good show. So just to be so um, just to be clear, this guy hunts vampires that happen to be celebrities. That's how I took it. Because okay. it also could be that he was a celebrity. Yes. You could go that direction, too. I mean, you're starting to see that in the Marvel Universe where identities get revealed and people are celebrities. But I think it's definitely a lot more interesting if the... The, the people he's hunting are celebrities. Because uh, one, that would explain a lot of weird celebrity behavior, yeah. right? Like, if you found out that Charlie Sheen was a vampire, you'd be like, oh, now it makes sense. Like, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tiger blood. Okay. We we understand Charlie <laughs> Sheen. It's like, but you're also, you're also, like, not that surprised. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Like, you know, he when whatever, he got bit and turned however many years ago, his heart stopped beating, and he's just taking all the cocaine and like amphetamines and everything just to try to feel something again because he he's now the undead. Like that would completely check every single box. I mean, even even the way he, he he dresses, like you get it. You understand. Yeah, yeah. That is actually the 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 real uh premise of the show which is great did you ever see or and did you ever see entourage yes i did i did see entourage for a while i don't i didn't see it all to its to its finale but i did see a lot of them so kind of the conceit of entourage was you had this this sort of rising movie star vincent chase and his group of numbskull friends his entourage if you will you get it because that's the name of the show <laughs> i just said the name of the show entourage that <laughs> makes sense but it's set in like kind of the real world and celebrities and producers and you know people of that nature are con- were constantly coming on the show playing themselves. They would get caught up in all the plots and machinations and you kind of do, oh, this is fictional, but then it would also be people playing a version of themselves. Uh, the, the, the show was entertaining, if not somewhat formulaic, never watched the movie. That's Entourage. So what they tried to do in Elias Celebrity Vampire Hunter was take that Entourage format of a, you know a fictional character set in the real world, but instead of having celebrities merely come on and play themselves as just normal sort of maybe larger than life versions of themselves, they're coming on with the conceit that they are vampires, and it's great because a lot of these sort of like uh, you know B and C list celebrities who maybe have made some bad life decisions, fallen on some hard times, 
<coughs> Charlie Sheen, um, <laughs> they can kind of reinvent themselves. And like you said, you're like, oh, it's a vampire. So first of all, the the, the, the main character, they, they had to, like Vincent Chase, get somebody of eh, questionable acting ability, but who who is a very good looking, you know, strong, forceful lead. They want someone who can do could do action sequences. Uh, and that's what I was really pumped. Like, cause like one of my one of my I was gonna say boys. I don't know if I should call him a boy, but he's he's a longtime follower on Instagram. And I've had a couple uh, phone conversations with him. Elias Theodoro actually <laughs> landed that role. And up until this point, he's done some bit parts in acting. He's he's graced the cover of several romance novels. And that apparently that was enough to, to cast him. They're, they're like, yeah, you can you can do acting. You're a good looking dude. He's got the long sort of Van Helsing like hair, which he definitely takes way better care of. I mean, Elias would be horrified if he saw uh, who who was Van Helsing. Was that um, what's his name? Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh ja- Hugh Jackman. Hugh Ackman. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in, in Van Helsing, he had very long, uh, sort of unkempt hair. I mean, it, he, you could tell he didn't never conditioned. He didn't moisturize. There wasn't <laughs> any sort of brushing or grooming going on. I mean, Elias would be absolutely horrified by that, which, again, is why he's the perfect person to be the celebrity vampire hunter because he's got that Van Helsing ruggedness, but he's got that Hollywood sensibility, right? You need someone who can just blend in to Hollywood parties, like you know, these exclusive events where they're tightly guarded. They've got all sorts of bodyguards who, as you find out in the, the, the first episode where Elias is trying to stake Charlie Sheen, <laughs> um, those bodyguards are also vampires. And it was, it was, a, it was a really fun show because they, they had to do a little bit of CGI to, uh, transform Charlie Sheen into this horrifying vampire. But mostly they just had to like put him in bad lighting and take his makeup off. And you're like, oh my God, that's gruesome. Oh my God, it looks like he's just aged a hundred years in, in a matter of seconds. So there's a little bit of CGI, but not much. And it was a, it was a really entertaining, um, it was a really entertaining first episode. The premise of the first episode, you you kind of, you establish the character, you meet uh, Elias, you know, the vampire hunter, uh, you you un, you you get a little bit of his 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 backstory. And feel free to jump in and ask questions. Yeah, as, as I was I'm, I'm going if I'm missing. I was stuff. about to say my my favorite episode was the the cliffhanger season finale because the whole time he's hunting like these minor vampires and right like Charlie Sheen is one of these minor vampires. Oh no, he doesn't kill he doesn't kill children. That's fucked no, up. No no no. But what I was saying is that like. At the very end, the season finale, the 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 cliffhanger is. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me let me rephrase. He he does have to deal with some vi- minor vampires, but that's only in episode four where he's <laughs> got to kill R. Kelly, uh, the R. Kelly oh, vampire. No. <laughs> I didn't mean minor as an age. <laughs> what? Anyway, the this the uh, the R. Kelly vampire episode is dark. I mean, not just because of the skin color. I mean, it's it's the the content <laughs> is very dark. The the season finale cliffhanger was when he finds out. That he's got to find the greater vampire, and that one was played by Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, that was my favorite. Like, it's like, oh my God, the whole time she's hiding in play, plain sight, playing like this goody goody ph- philanthropist vampire, but she turns out to be like the darkest, most evil one of them, and she happens to be one of the, the greater vampires, if you will. Okay, you, sk- you skipped way ahead. Yeah, no, like I said, I was just mentioning that that was like my favorite, uh, the season finale cliffhanger was. We got to work up to oh, that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Elias uh, Vampire Hunter's backstory is he was he was sort of like a struggling actor trying to 
make it in in Hollywood. You know, he's getting like I said, he's not unlike uh, the real ass. He's getting some small parts here or there. He's got that athlete's work ethic. He did have an athlete's background, and he uh, was on set, and he happens across uh, a, a celebrity who is feeding, and he's horrified, and there's a struggle, and he accidentally kills him. With, you know, staking through the heart in the struggle. And that happens, right? Like, sometimes you just are accidentally in a tussle with someone and a wooden stake goes through their heart. It's it happened to me <laughs> two, three times. It's not a big deal. But it's it's a, he finds out that there's this whole underground network of celebrity vampires. And that leads into to the Charlie Sheen episode where Char- Charlie Sheen is planning to to do his his own version of leaving Las Vegas. Uh, Nick Cage, guys, also <laughs> and also celebrity vampire. That's we're, again we're skipping too far ahead. Um, but again, Nick Cage celebrity like completely makes sense. You're like, oh, he's 300 years old and he's just losing his mind at this point. D- completely tracks. But in leaving Las Vegas, the movie Nick Cage has decided to go to Las Vegas and drink himself to death. But that's that's too slow of a process for our boy Charlie Sheen. So he wants to throw this this end of the world his world like bash where it's just gets all the money he can that he's got left gets a huge complex invites all the seediest vampires and it's good he kind of establishes you start to find out who some of the the other celebrity vampires are it's, it's all mass though it's and um you know kind of kind of like a uh, eyes wide shut like mass ball and so you kind of you you see some people you're like oh fuck is that so and so is that so and so and it's just all the drugs and graph a little bit graphic sex you you see some Whoa. of that well yeah I mean I told you it's in the entourage style if if there's not some skin and bare asses in an entourage uh, episode you know something weird happened you know and and an extra somebody backed out at the last second um, and yeah so it's like Elias vampire hunter has to infiltrate this this mass party and, and just work his way through Charlie Sheen and there's a huge fight sequence where all the 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 mass vampire you know bodyguards are coming after him and he's like fighting his way up this big staircase to to get to the Charlie Sheen vampire and then like I said they didn't need that much CGI to transform Charlie Sheen's face into a uh into a vampire but they did use some CGI to augment other parts what what was your favorite Part of the CGI for the the Charlie Sheen vampire. Wait, what? <laughs> what was my other? One? Well, you 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 saw it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But what was your question again? Like I said, like I thought they did a really good CGI uh, job turning Charlie Sheen into the vampire. I was just asking, like, was there a particular part of the uh, special effects? That you I don't liked? know why, but when you said was there a particular part, and you were mentioning CGI, I'm thinking like, oh yeah, that one scene where they enlarged his cock to have fangs on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I should have guessed that you would go right for that. Yes, I mean that did happen <laughs> when when Elias Vampire Hunter bursts in on Charlie Sheen. He's got like the big like leathery wings fl- flapping, and he's he's feeding on some like uh, young wannabe starlet. But instead of you know biting her neck with his teeth, uh, he's just using his cock teeth. It's 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 kind of like that. Uh, what's that character in um, Quatho or Quatho, the one from? Uh uh, Total Recall, where there's like, there's like, a, like a whole nother little body around his cock. It's like its own little head and arms and shit. It really was was a little bit terrifying and haunting. And if it was, if this was the olden days, if this was on HBO or something, it it would have gotten canceled after that first episode. They would have come out with it, and people would have been like, "This is this is 
too much, uh, which, you know, is really par for the course for anything that Charlie Sheen's involved with. But Netflix is like, fuck you. We do what we want. We're Netflix. This day and age. We already filmed all these episodes. Go fuck yeah, yourself. Yeah, this day and age, anything having to do with celebrities and vampires is a sure hit for uh, for Netflix. Yeah, my, my favorite episode was was episode four. It was the R. Kelly episode. Um, <laughs> most of these vampires are sort of deviant and, and screwed up. But the R. Kelly vampire, where, where he's turning making minor vampires, is just really wrong. And the other part is he tells them that part of the ritual to turn them is pissing on them. And it's not. Like, you, you know this already. He just, it's just this extra, like, screwed up degenerate part of him where he, he tricks them into letting them piss on them because they want, they think they're going to get power and, and this is their ticket into Hollywood. And, you know, I mean, Hollywood people will do anything. So they're like, yeah, like, I'm going to get my own Disney show if you get to bite my neck and piss on me. I'm in. He calls it his holy water. Bless you, child. And, and wash away your sins and then just sprays them right in the face. God, it's just terrible. <laughs> the best part of that episode, I mean, there's the huge fight scene at the end where he's Elias Vampire Hunter is just mowing through all of R. Kelly's henchmen and he ends up uh, chopping R. Kelly's head off. Usually in, in um, these sort of vampire shows, you know, it's if they chop their head off, it's with like a sword or a sickle, or, or something like that. Elias Vampire Hunter chops R. Kelly's head off with, like, old vinyl albums of Run DMC. Just, what? <laughs> you know, like, like like the old, like, vinyl albums yeah, yeah. from Run, Run DMC? Are you familiar? You, you know who Run DMC is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, I hope. Yes, I do. Yeah, he, he's, like, throwing, like, like their projectiles. He's throwing Run DMC albums at R. Kelly's head, and it's, like, chopping into his neck, and it slices it off. And the whole thing is set... To the remix to Ignition, which is just, I mean, that 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 song, uh, even if R. Kelly is a degenerate vampire that's turning children into vampires while pissing on them, that song is still quality. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta compartmentalize. You gotta separate the person from the music sometimes, and and still enjoy what's a great song. So I that one it like hit for me on multiple levels, and then. Yeah, like you said, he does work his way all the way up to Oprah. But that Oprah's involvement, she she it's a little bit less cut and dry than Charlie Sheen and, and R. Kelly. Like she she has a more devious, intricate plot, and I do not want to spoil that. I always fucking spoil the ends <laughs> of these shows. And I, this time I told myself I wouldn't do it. So Yes, you, you, okay, you gave away who the big bad of season one is, but we're not going to tell you what her sinister right, plot correct. is. We're going to say, we're, it'll, just like the show, it's going to be a cliffhanger for, for those watching uh, the new on Netflix show. I think I'd watch that. I'm pretty sure I'd watch that, especially if it was played by Elias Theodoro. I would watch that for sure. I don't usually do this, but uh, go ahead and break yourself off with a little preview of the remix. Slash chops the head off. I'm not trying to be. No, I'm not gonna sing it. No, that no, 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 do not. <laughs> I thought about it for a second, and I was like, "Oh, oh, this went fairly well. I could ruin it all in an instant." Stop. Friends don't let friends sing the remix to Ignition out loud. I don't. For some reason, the song's not. I I know who Run DMC is, but for some reason, the song is just not ringing a bell. Well, no, no. Remix to Ignition is R. Kelly's song. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Run DMC is it's tricky to rock a rhyme. R. Kelly. That that's R. Kelly's. Famous song. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but Pretty Girl, I'm Feeling You, the way you do the things you do. Yeah, but I still don't know R. Yeah, no. R. Kelly, and, and I never, I was never. The only R. Kelly song that kind of rings a bell is that whole 
uh, trapped in the closet saga. That silly, like, 25-part uh, whatever. Yeah. Wow. You've been to... So, as soon as this episode's done, I'll remind you, go listen to the remix to Ignition. That is a phenomenal song, even if R. Kelly is a less than phenomenal human being. And also a vampire, apparently. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's not even a human. Do you have a real Netflix show that you've been watching or You know what? Sorta. And it you know and and it's it it's along the lines of this show. Uh, I've been watching it while I work out. Um I don't know if I would just sit there and watch this show uh you know in my in my living room or something, but it's good to watch when you're working out cuz it's got a pretty upbeat soundtrack, which I figured out regardless of the contents of the show, if there's just a, a soundtrack that's kind of bouncy has a pretty good beats per minute, it's worth watching. And the name of the show is Crazy Head. Crazy Head, huh? So basically, the way I describe it is it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but instead of instead of vampires, it's demons, and instead of you know a, a valley girl cheerleader, it's just two kind of screwed up degenerate uh, British girls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's okay. Now it's ringing a bell. I think when I was over there in in, uh, in Colorado with you. We were kind of skipping through all the Netflix shows, and and yeah, I told you how I did watch like an episode or two with uh, with our bro Greg Davison. Yeah, yeah. I, I again, I you're gonna have to refresh me about the show premise, but yeah, I I did watch a show, uh, an episode or two, and they were good. You know what? And it, as much as uh, as many jokes as I was making about R. Kelly, I didn't even make this connection. Minor spoiler, and I think the first or second episode of, of Crazy Head, they they are trying to exercise someone. And part of the ritual, one of the girls does have to squat and piss on the person they're ex- exercising them. So, you know what? <laughs> I was joking about that in Elias Vampire Hunter. These fuckers really did it. There, there's just a lot of kind of screwed up, degenerate type humor in the show. I'm, I'm there for it. You know, it was it was funny. It was it was a. It kind of reminded me of, of that of that show Misfits. If you ever saw it, it was it was a basically. British kids who were in juvenile detention but got superpowers. And this, this show seems like a, a successor of that in terms of the, the, the comedy and, and the uh, sensibility of it. Good show to work out uh, with some screwed up but funny humor. And I, I think I have one or two more episodes to get to the end of it. I have literally been watching this show as I jump rope. My, my indoor uh, workouts have been... Jump roping 10 minutes, riding an airdyne bike 10 minutes, jump roping 10 minutes, and I'll do that for an hour to an hour and a half, which is tiring. But when there's a, a good crazy head fight scene, you know, pissing on some demons, uh, killing some people, and the, the soundtrack starts going, I'm like, all right, I can jump a little bit longer. So that's my, my new on Netflix recommendation. I, I don't have a new one because I think I caught up with every other show series and, and nothing is really caught my attention. I'm going to have to look up Crazy Head to really watch it and pay attention to it, but I did start watching or re-watching for like the third or fourth time already, Game of Thrones. <laughs> because, uh, like I've been telling you off air, I've been reading the book and I just finished the third mm-hmm. book and I'm starting to see a, like like watching the show for the third or fourth time or whatever it is, uh, little nuances, little you know, when you're watching the show for the first time, a lot of the characters, because it's a myriad of characters, small you know, small part characters, big part characters that play a major role. And when you watch it for the third, fourth time, like a lot of that, you start like piecing the puzzle a little bit better. So I'm watching it now. I don't know what, I'm still on season one. I'm only like three or four episodes into uh, 
Game of Thrones season one. So I, like I am catching a lot more little things here and that I missed the first time watching it. So that's enjoyable to me. But but again, it isn't it isn't a new new show. It's a great show. It's such a good show. The the music, the song still gets me. The theme song, the intro music, dun 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 dun. dun that shit fucking still. That gets my blood pumping when I watch it. Like, it excites me to watch the episodes. I got you. And that's a really great recommendation because I think most people still haven't heard of it. I mean, that was a show that really flew under the radar. (laughs) So if you hadn't said this, there's probably dozens of people that would be completely in the dark about this Game of Thrones thing. It's it's a cult classic at this point. So, yeah, get the word out. When it first aired, like when it was still live on HBO or whatever – I completely disregarded it up until about, like, I think they just finished uh, season four, and a friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, you got to watch it. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to start from now, because I'll have to, if I start watching season five now, I'll have to go back and watch first four seasons, and much to my behest, I ended up watching from the very beginning, and he was like, holy shit, I'm glad I made this decision, you know? But uh, anyway, if you're into dragons and knights and all that shit... It's a good show. It was well made except for the final season. And long, drawn-out court politics and <laughs> that lasts for entire episodes slash seasons. Game of Thrones. I, I will say this. Game of Thrones does one of the best jobs I've seen in, in having gray characters, if that makes sense. Um, in a, most shows, there's a very kind of clear dividing line, like this guy's a good guy, this guy's a bad guy. You know, maybe it's not perfectly black and white. You know, they're... they're or some character flaws and things like that. Game of Thrones is a show where somebody who you will decidedly think is a bad guy might end up being your favorite character, and it, it switches. There's, there are real development and arcs going on in the show, um, which, which again, I, I know probably no one's seen it, so this is all news <laughs> to them, but I just thought I would give that little bit of yes, insight to so you know bitch. what you're getting into. Yes, son of a bitch. But, the, yeah, so the, the theme song... The theme song always does it for me. And then, obviously, <clears throat> they don't, you know, not until, like, season seven or eight. There's a couple other songs that are really, that stand out, like the the Reigns of Castamere, um, the Lannister song, Reigns of Castamere. Like, I like that song a lot. It's very sullen and dark, but it's just a good song. Music in it, music's a b- big part of it that I enjoy. Have you ever seen the, the Funko Pop? Uh, you know, like like with Funko Pops, right? Yeah, like yeah. The, the Game of Thrones version. Yeah, of those. yeah. I've seen some of them, not all of them. They're they're kind of hilarious because a lot of them are like really screwed up, sadistic characters, and then it's like this cute yeah. little like pop figurine of it, uh, which always I, I think that comedy is, is heightened of that. Um, there there are all all kinds of fun Game of Thrones toys and merchandise, but one of the questions on Ask Reddit was, "What was your favorite toy as a kid?" And obviously, uh, I think the first book of Game of Thrones was written in like, it was like 1943, I think the first <laughs> episode came out. And he's still working his way through the series. But they had didn't have toys of Game of Thrones yet when we were kids. So did you have a favorite toy as a kid? Yeah, I actually had two different things that like I loved, loved, loved as a kid. Um, one of them was um, G.I. Joe figures, action figures. They were like, I don't know, three or four inches tall. And, you know, the very first ones, like, had, like, one or two weapons. And then as the cartoon kept running and the show kept going on and on, they started adding more characters, more G.I. Joe, more whatever figurines. Um, As a kid, my dad would always give me, it was, I think, five bucks allowance weekly. 
And back then, you can go to Target and uh, you can get two GI Joes for five bucks. So that tells you how long ago it was. So every week, that was like one of many ways I would spend my money would be like, oh shit, I get to go to Target and get two GI Joe toys. I probably had, I'm guessing like a hundred different little GI Joe figurines. I had like a couple of like the uh, the play sets and stuff, and some of the vehicles and shit. And um, I don't know, maybe I was just growing older maybe i was like i don't know 10 11 12 years old i was like and then i stopped playing with toys all together but i just ended up selling all that shit for like dirt cheap just to get rid of it but i kind of kick myself now for like not having hen- uh, held on to all those because they were they were the coolest little figurines you could have been like steve carell in the Dude, 40 yeah. virgin you just kept them all boxed up and then you sold them on yeah. ebay and made like 200 grand probably um <clears throat> although the ones that he had in the show they were like the the whatever the full size ones like the 10 or 12 inch ones the ones i had i'm talking about like the three or four inch ones that weren't as big but they were still cool they had all the little guns and weapons and cool shit and well so that was one of my one of my favorite toys if you want to call them that but the other one was lego and and lego i'm a 40 year old man but i'm not afraid to say that i still have fun putting together lego toys like i get excited when a new kit comes out and, like, especially if it's something that, like, because my nephew kind of uh, takes after me in some ways. So if there's, like, a Lego set he likes, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go get it. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. And, like, he and I will will sit there and put it together. And, like, I still have fun even as a 40-year-old man putting together. And, dude, I had tons, tons of Legos. I had, like, boxes of this shit. Um, I, I still, confession, guilty confession, to my, I still have some Legos. <laughs> <laughs> I probably bought like two years ago, but uh, some people are Lego connoisseurs. Like that's their that's their yeah. deal. One day, man, I really want to go to Copenhagen and go to Lego Land. That just well, there's dope. one in and plus I want to go. There's to Copenhagen. one in San Diego that's like a theme park slash Lego thing. Been been to San Diego. I uh, have not been to Copenhagen, so I want to go to the origin. Is that where they're from? Yeah, Lego also has it together because i don't know if you saw the lego movie but that was the best 90 minute commercial i've ever oh, seen yeah, in my yeah. life that's incredible i'm like they got me to watch a 90 minute commercial and i was thoroughly entertained isn't there by two it. parts to the, isn't there like lego movie part one lego movie part two I, i'm per- there's like 15 different lego oh, okay. movies now and there's lego video games and lego oh, yeah. i mean it's just all advertising for lego and they sell really well and then they also Move the move the toys. I think um, I've played like four or five of different of the Lego video games, and they're fun because you can. They really are the the video games. They really are are for all ages. Like, they're they remind me of the old like Nintendo games where it's just like two buttons you press and you can do all all kinds of cool shit with with an A and B button. They're like easy to pick up, but they're also inner. And then they have they 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 mix in a little adult humor here and there in the Lego video games. So like like I said, they are for all ages. They they keep it PG thirteen, but some of the stuff is like, haha, nod for the adults here, you know. Yeah, the writing is annoyingly good in in all the Lego games and movies where it's like, could you have just used this talent to do something that's maybe a little bit higher concept than Lego movie? Okay, no. All right, fine. That's <laughs> that's fine. You do you Lego. What just about keep making your money? What about you? What were your favorite toys or toy as a kid yeah well there's one that jumps out in particular because uh, i know i had all kinds of toys when i was a kid and most of them didn't keep my attention for all that long but one of the ones that i kept forever and i think i still have was when i was four years old so i think from four to five we we actually lived in palo alto california 
Um, my dad got a fellowship where he got to go study at Stanford University for a year for for free, and, and uh, we lived in this little like these little townhouses for grad students, at, you know, at Stanford. And we took a trip up to, or sorry, I guess down uh, down south to Monterey Bay. We went to the aquarium. I remember the trip pretty well. I mean, I remember seeing the stingrays and being like, oh, that's cool. And they let you touch them. Like, you know, it, it was a, a cool uh, aquarium to see as a little kid. Of course, they always try to get you on the way out in the gift shop. And we're on our way out. We're going to the gift shop. And they had a, a stuffed lobster, which <laughs> is not immediately what you would think of as a cute stuffed animal, right? Like, I had... All kinds of stuffed animals. I had, you know, a, a teddy bear that I had since I was like really little. I had all kinds of stuff. Somehow they managed to make a lobster look cute and cuddly. And there's this stuffed lobster that I really wanted, and I came up with a name for it while I was in the gift shop. I'm like, oh, that's Pinchy. And my parents pinchy? were like, hey, wait, 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 Pinchy? Yeah, Pinchy, Pinchy the stuffed lobster. It makes sense. <laughs> all right, no, it makes sense. Complete, you, know, you know, I'm not making fun of you. It just makes sense. But it's it's kind of. Can I just say I. I'm uh, again. I'm not making fun of you, but I am shocked to hear you admit that you had stuffed animals and that those that that Pinchy was one of your favorite toys. Because I well, you got you got to let me finish. There's more to this story okay, than okay. simply go on. Um, and and first of all, if you, if you're making fun of the name, I was four. <laughs> like like I didn't have like a whole literary context to like work off of. Like I didn't know how to read yet. You know, I was very limited. I knew that lobsters had claws and they could pinch, and I thought. That I made this great leap of like, oh, it's Pinchy. I'm a genius. I didn't know. I was four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're in the gift shop, and my parents were, were like, hey, you know, you've got a bunch of stuffed animals already. You know, you've got a room full of them. You don't really need another one, do you? And I was like, well, I guess not. And there, there was some little uh, science kit with, you know, magnets. And I can't remember. I remember try, I tried to play with it. And they're like, yeah, wouldn't this be better? Like, you could learn about how magnets work and you learn science. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Okay. So we didn't get pinchy. We left them there. Oh no. I know. I, cause once you name it, you can't, you can't leave it. That's wrong. <laughs> but I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm a big boy. I'm four. You gotta, you gotta leave these childish things behind at some point. Now's my time. I'm going to become a man today. And we left them and we drove back and like, I thought I was fine with it. I was like, yeah, whatever, it's a stuffed animal. I'm just sitting thinking about Pinchy the whole, because it was, what is it, like a 90-minute car ride back? <laughs> just like really sad. And we get back. I go to my room, and I, th- I think probably once I get back in my room, I start crying because I'm like, I want a Pinchy. I want a, I want a stupid magnet. fucked up. I wanted a really cool stuffed animal. I had a name for it. He was going to be my best friend. We had a whole life plan together. And I was like, ah. And then like my mom hears me crying. She comes in. She's like, what's wrong? And I just trying to trying to be tough. I'm like, I'm a Nothing. I'm a man now. I'm all around. Stuffed animals. She's like, no. Like you seem really upset. And I was like, well, this is you know, it was Pinchy, and it was, we, we were gonna have a whole life, and like he was gonna be one of my friends, and we were gonna go on adventures, you know, because like like none of my other stuffed animals are aquatic based, so, you know, you know they could go like like on land adventures and forest adventures, but when there's ocean adventures, I can't do it without Pinchy. And like I'm explaining all this, and. And, like, my mom was genuinely upset that I was that upset. Like, probably more upset than she should have been. I don't know if this is the greatest parenting move ever, necessarily. Because, uh, you, you know, kids have to learn at some point that they can't always get what they want. Uh, but if they try sometimes, they might find that they get what they need. But I went to sleep, and she I guess she found out when the aquarium closed. She drove 
all the fucking way back, that same night back to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, bought Pinchy and Whoa. came back. And I woke up. She gave it to me, and I was just like, "What? Like, wow. how is?" But it it was there, and now it's here. And like, I don't, I didn't fully appreciate it at the time. You know, the the fact, the fact that she would just because I was sad. And she felt bad about it that she would go on a three-hour fucking car ride by herself. That's some hardcore shit. Day. I know for serious. So like looking back, there's stuff like that where when you're little, you don't fully appreciate the things that your parents do for you. I mean, I, and I know certainly as I got older, I've appreciated those things more and more. And that's one though where I think even if I didn't grasp fully, like like oh wow, like my mom loves me enough where she's gonna go <laughs> go on this car ride for a stupid toy that very likely in a week I'll forget about. I, I think some part of me understood that a little bit because I kept that forever, and I still – I don't know where it is, but I still have that I was gonna, stuffed lobster in a box somewhere. Okay, I was going to ask you. That was going to be my next question was, tell me the truth, motherfucker. Do you still have Pinchy somewhere in your house? And <laughs> you answered that question. Like, I, I think so. I, ne- I never threw – if it got thrown away, maybe my parents threw it away, but I, I took it with me. Through all the moves and and you know I told you on on previous episodes multiple times I've just packed everything up and thrown everything I own away and that was one thing where like nope never thrown that away I will keep that to the day I die unless by accident it gets chucked in a box. So a couple of things I think I started saying a little bit earlier like I'm I'm surprised that you you I just don't see you as a stuffed animal kid I see you because you you've always been uh, well read and, and and I think just from what I gather from meeting your your folks, they they tend to kind of lean a little more towards the intellectual stuff. So I if you would have told me hey what was Aaron's favorite uh, childhood toy I would have said like an erector set or like a chemistry set or some shit along those lines. So when you said stuffed animal I was kind of caught off guard. Um, number one, number two, had Pinchy been Latin you could have na- named him Pinche. Okay, like bean. Pinche the also did not know how to speak Spanish when I was four. So still, it was, that was not in my lexicon. You see that? You like how I just dropped you, you? You? I felt like you were questioning my intellectual abilities. I just, <laughs> I was like, I want to drop an SAT word in there real quick, just to make sure. Lexicon. Reassert dominance. <laughs> no, man. I, I for me, it's I've always been. It's been more about imagination, and I mean, I was one of those kids growing up where. I would invent stories and games and things on the spot. And they were definitely more fun when it was with other kids, but I would have whole adventures and stories that would happen by myself where I was just, just playing. I was always lost in my own little worlds and stuffed animals were good uh, companion characters sometimes on those, those trips. So yeah, like the hard sciences, the sort of nuts and bolts stuff were never quite as interesting to me as uh things that could spur the imagination. I, I may have asked you this before. I don't know if if, it, if I asked you on podcast or off podcast, but did you have an imaginary friend growing up at all? No, not not a real one. I mean, so I, I sometimes would imagine characters in games that I was playing. You know, I'd imagine people, but it wasn't, it wasn't a friend and it certainly wasn't someone I thought was real. It was just, again, I'm like, oh, I'm in a scenario and I'm in the woods and there's... Uh, a horde of ninjas that I have to fight, and I would imagine the ninjas and all that kind of stuff. But no, it wasn't an imaginary friend. I was bad. Like I don't, I, I can't remember ever believing that Santa Claus was a real thing. I definitely did not, did not believe that the Tooth Fairy was real. I was like, this is great. I'm gonna play along with this because apparently they're gonna give me money for teeth. But like, come on, <laughs> guys, who are we kidding? That's what I'm saying. Like, you caught me off guard with with Pinche. I'm gonna name him Pinche. I know his name is Pinchy. 
But I, in my my brain, Aaron got himself like a little Latin American lobster, and he named them pinche. Sorry, just that's just how it could have been. I mean, he's from Monterey Bay. I mean, Monterey Bay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Uh, some of, some of the other answers on Reddit uh, favorite toys kids growing up. Um, uh, the light bright I carried around the pegs in my pant pockets consist constantly. Oh, yeah. I never had one of those. Those are like the white kid toys. We we never had cool shit like that. Hashtag things white people do. A giraffe plushie that I named Sacy, not Stacy. Sacy brought her to school and someone stole her. Unforgivable. I was like five, but I'll never forget a giraffe thief. Um, a white teddy named Jack. A stuffed rabbit I named Glue Stick for some reason. Uh, yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them along like someone else also said Lego. Someone else also said GI Joe. So those are the. The Ask Reddit answers to favorite toys growing up. Is there, I, I'm just was wondering if there was like a really dark answer in there. It was like my favorite toy growing up, the the switch that my grandma would use on. Me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, fuck. no, there was some, but I, I didn't copy that, those. That one was the softest of the switches. <laughs> like, oh my god! They're, they're, in my grandma's switch cabinet, like oh fuck. There was some other ones on Reddit that I read kind of at a glance, and they were a little darker. But I don't know if they were like trying to be funny, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't list those off. Did, did did you get hit growing up at all? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got hit. Um, we got hit with the ch- dude. When, when Mexicans growing up, when we get hit, we get hit with the the evil chancla, which is basically your flip flop or something like some thereabouts. Oh, okay. we would get fucked up with the chancla if we weren't behaving. Um, on occasion, my I don't remember if it was my mom or my dad or both. They would bring out the belt and it'd be like a leather belt and they'd fucking fold it in half and smack you with that shit. Um, yeah, that sucked. Whether you were clothed or bare ass, that they would they would do that. My mom also swung at me a couple times, and uh, yeah, I remember once like she was swinging at me, and I just put dipped my head, and she hit her hand to the top of my head, so she ended up getting hurt for trying to hit me. I think I think she she learned a lesson there. Don't fucking swing at me. What about you? Did you get beat up? No, I didn't get beat up. I mean, when I was when I was little, just like spankings and stuff like that, and. Like hands, like hand spankings, like with a hand or or yeah, like whack, 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 you know. Um, and that was it, was it was always my mom. I don't think my dad ever did. The one, uh, even looking back, I'm like, God damn, I was a manipulative little kid sometimes. Um, I I was aware. I could see the hesitation in my mom's eyes, you know, when she when she went to do it. And this is, you know, again, like three, four, five. I probably by the time I was seven or eight, that I was sort of well behaved enough. Um. Where, where that wasn't happening too much. Uh, but I remember being really young and thinking, I don't think she actually wants to do this, so I'm just going to really lean into it. I'm going to pretend that this is, like, the most painful thing <laughs> uh, and just just completely just put on the waterworks. I mean, this is going to be... I didn't know what the Oscars were, but, you know, this is going to be an award-winning performance. And I just acted my little heart out. And I think I think that really limited them because she felt bad. She's like, "Oh, I'm hurting him," and it's like, "No, I barely felt that." But shh, we're not gonna <laughs> we're gonna pretend. Um, no, I, I do remember speaking with one of my friends who was was black and grew up in Kentucky, and they just like straight out like beat the shit out of him, like not sandals or spankings or even belts. They're just like, I was like, "Oh, that's." I think that's crossed in the realm of just yeah. child abuse and not disciplining. And he's like, no, no, it's good for you. It makes you tough. I was like, all right, John, what, whatever you say. Are you going to do that to your son? He's like, no, of course not. I was like, well, think about that. 
speaking of what we were like when we were 12, the other uh, Reddit question we have is, what would 12-year-old you never believe about adult you? At 12 years old, you know, my, my parents obviously helped paint a picture of what I would be as an adult. <clears throat> and I always mm -hmm. thought when I was 12 that, like, you know, I'd go to high school, graduate, and uh, then go to college, graduate. And I thought I'd be, like, married and have kids by now. Like, if you ask 12-year-old me, you know, especially 18-year-old me, the older, the more... Um, yeah, I, I, I would have been, like, 40 years old, living at, at home with your parents, like, not having a job, not having a wife, kids. I would have never believed that. I was like, hell no. I did everything right. How could I not have all this shit already? That's that's my answer. Not having my, uh, I guess, my shit together. <laughs> what about you? 12-year-old me, I think 100% could believe that I would be where I am now in life because middle school really did a number on my self-esteem. So that wouldn't have been such a, a hard leap to imagine. Whoa. Oh, I didn't. I had a bad time in middle school. You know, uh, what was that? I feel like it was a South Park episode where it was like they're trying to teach him how to ski. And they're like, you got to you get a your pizza to go faster and you something else to slow down. And if you don't, if you pizza when you're supposed to do something else, you're going to have a bad time. And that was, I always thought, I was like, yeah, middle school, if you, you do the things I did, you're going to have a bad time. So I was, I was not uh, enamored with, with my, my prospects. Or not even so enamored. I, I could have completely believed that things would have taken a, a left turn at some point. I'm sure, I, I definitely didn't think I'd be as big as I am now, but. What do you mean by, what do you mean by big? Like, like the stature size, stature wise? Oh, no, I meant dick size. Oh. No, of course, yes, I meant height. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> You didn't believe it because you had a little wiener then and all of a sudden it got bigger? Is that what you're saying? That was it. No, I mean, I remember my dad sat me down and had a talk because I love basketball. At that, at that age, basketball was my favorite sport. My dad goes, I'm the tallest man in my family and I'm five foot eight. Uh, you need to find another sport. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and that's really kind of when I stopped playing basketball. The idea of of being over six feet tall did not occur to me at that time. But the one that I really probably could not have believed that I would have been a, a women's athletics coach for multiple years. Cause at that time, uh, girls were just like foreign, like alien creatures to me. Like they were not even alien. Like they were like borderline mythical. Like there's like dragons and there's unicorns and there's like girls. <laughs> Like, they have, like, weird, like, they have, like, ponytails, and they've got, like, strange, like, accessories, and, like, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around that at all. You know, I was, I was in that, we were watching uh, Mike Birbiglia's special, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, uh, and he, he was talking about the, what, what was it, it was, like, the, the, the No Kissing Club or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he was, like, like the president. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I was firmly in that club at that point. Uh, because like, I think step one would probably have been like talking to a girl first. And I was still very uncomfortable with that step. So the idea that years later, it's not even that I would talk to like a single girl at a time, but I would have to interact with like 20 to 30 of them. Like, and hell, when I was running clinics, like a hundred of them at once and like direct them and understand with them and, you know, understand what they're trying to communicate to me and communicate back. Like that would have blown my mind. Hey, so let me ask you this. Do you remember the first time you, like, like the innocent kiss where you kiss in the mouth, not like tongue flapping? Do you remember the like how old you were when you first gave a, a girl like a kiss on the lips? Nope, didn't went right to the foot tongue flapping. Did you? Yeah. 
Really? Or are you being a dick? No, I'm serious. Really? Holy shit. How old were you then? Uh, so, so, so what had happened was, what, uh, what had happened? <laughs> so pre- previously, uh, you know, through all middle school and, and early high school, my, I, I was, I was not on a, on a s- intentional self-imposed, no talking to girls policy. It just sort of worked out like that. And between really like midway through my sophomore year of high school, and the beginning of my junior year, I had a huge growth spurt. I mean, I went from being five foot eight to six feet tall. And then over the summer after sophomore year, you know, in between junior and senior year, um, I went to to summer school. This is this is a things thing uh, white people do, and particularly, I mean, <laughs> like rich white people. And I didn't know any better. So many of these kids at my school district, even though it was a public school, were so focused on, oh, I have to get into the best college. I got to do this. I got to do that. They would voluntarily go to summer school just to like, like yeah, so I can make sure I get an A and I'll get a uh, a class out of the way and then I can focus harder and study more on my other. And I, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I was like, oh, people are doing that? I, I guess I'm supposed to do that too. I, I had no idea. And for whatever reason that year, I, I didn't end up going to summer school at our school, I went to summer school at Friend Central, which was, it's a kind of a Quaker school. It's like a lot more laid back. Um, it wasn't really like a religious, that was just who founded it. It's like really pretty campus. I used to actually go to like summer camp there when I was a kid. And, and the kids at Friend Central were just like way more chill. And they also didn't know me at all from middle school or, or before that. And so it's like, oh, I got a clean slate. I just had this huge growth spurt. Uh, one of the guys I got along with really well was on the wrestling team and he's like, Oh, you should come out, work out with me and my dad. And that was the first time, like I started like lifting it all. So all of a sudden I'm bulking up, I'm putting on muscle, like the, 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 the girls that were also in the summer school program, like they kind of, kind of boosted my confidence. A little bit. <laughs> this fucking blew my mind. There, there was the, the son of a U.S. Congresswoman that was also in summer school because he like, failed a class and he had to make it up. And this kid had that like that like sort of child celebrity confidence, um, and he had a huge house. He invited a bunch of us over to his pool party. There were like two really cute girls, and I think three guys. So the ratio wasn't quite perfect, but whatever. But I remember watching him in one seamless motion pull off two bikini tops at once, just like, <laughs> un- like simultaneously unhook both of them with different hands and scoop. I'm like, holy shit, this man is a magician. (laughs) Like this is, this is, I can't believe this just happened. Like there's topless girls in a pool that I'm also in. I I can't like my brain was exploding, but all of a sudden the possibilities had opened a little bit later. He's like, Oh yeah. Like when you guys left, one of the girls stayed and then we had sex. I'm like, Oh my God, I was in a pool with a topless girl who then you know, half an hour later had sex. Like <laughs> that's like, I mean, I mean, it's not quite six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon, but like I was very close to, <laughs> to sex. Like this is crazy. So like my confidence got up a little bit. Anyhow, with this like newfound confidence, like the, the realization that, Oh, people my age are like not only kissing, they're just like boning and pool houses left and right. Like this is nuts. Um, I went to the Jersey shore with my friend, Fred, who, just a really chill, laid-back dude. And a girl that he had hooked up with when he was younger was coming around. And then, like, and at this point, I'm like... Was her name J-Wow? Oh, if her name was Kara. Oh, I thought her name was, like, J-Wow or, or Spooky or whatever those other... 
No. So all those people that you see on the Jersey Shore, they're not like native New Jerseyans. They're all Long Island. That's those people from Long Island going to the Jersey Shore. Uh, that's like the out of control, like Italian sort of sort of contingent. That she she was like real like South Jersey. So, you know, I was six degrees of Kevin Bacon removed from like sex in a pool. She was like probably like two and a half degrees of separation from like trailer park in the middle of nowhere, New Jersey. Um, but she was pretty cute. And I'd figured I'm like, Oh wait, like I'm actually like kind of ripped now. Like I never had had confidence about being tall or like in shape. I'm like, this is fucking cool. Maybe if I just try to be the strong silent type, uh, she's not going to figure out that I'm a huge dork. And that strategy worked. <laughs> it, it worked. And I remember Fred was a little bit upset with me. Uh, he wrote some angsty teenage poetry uh, that somehow I saw. Was, I was, like, was Fred the, the, the congressman's son guy? No, that the, Andrew was the congresswoman's son. Oh, How dare you? Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Congresswoman. Sorry. Um, Andrew was a, Andrew would have would have been like I'm gonna I'm gonna just like sleep with her first and then if you want sloppy seconds go for it man I don't care but no Fred Fred was a much kinder gentler soul he's like a really chill laid back dude and in hindsight I really wish so you cock blocked Fred is that what you're saying a little a little bit I did yeah like Kara was like oh like I've been there done that with Fred there's there's a a, a new uh, I'm trying to think of a good mood. There's a new bull on the pasture. Oh, you're calling your now you're selling your you're a bull. How how confident are you back then? There's a new new horse in the stable. <laughs> I want I want to take a ride. <laughs> Proverbially. At this point, I'm still trying to be like the strong silent type. I'm like, yeah, like yeah, like I I I you know hook up all the time. I'm just I'm just cool. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm disinterested. I don't care one way or the other. In my head, I'm like, oh my. God fucking like I'm gonna kiss this girl. God damn it. Like I can't if I go to if I get to college where I haven't even kissed someone, I, I think I just need to probably get a, a single dorm room and never come out because like I, I can't deal with anyone socially. So I'm like I'm having all this anxiety in my head and then on the outside I'm like, yeah, whatever. You just wanna go take a walk on the beach. Um I just like <laughs> to see the ocean before I go to sleep. Just like and, and again, I apparently I was a good enough actor where where, you know, she fell for it, did not realize that I was a, a Super angsty, like huge dork. Yeah, we just jumped right to like hooking up. Nice. And apparently, according to Fred, she was giving me signals that I was supposed to do more than just hook up with her. And I was like, Fred, you, <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> like, this is this is like, um, I just got a skateboard and like I managed to like skate down the street without falling over. And you're like, hey, have you ever done an ollie or like? Done a flip off of a ramp before. Yeah. I'm like, dude, Fred, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I've never been on a skateboard before, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you're like, hey, do you want to do some Tony Hawk shit? And I'm like, Fred, I'm just trying not to crack my head open on the concrete. That metaphor really got a little bit lost, but you get what I was yeah, saying, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I was 16. Unless I'm, unless there was some first kiss, I'm forgetting. I, I feel like you don't forget that sort of thing. My first kiss was when I was 16 years old, and we just went right to hooking up. Unlike Mike Birbiglia, I don't think I was absolutely terrible about it. First time I tried to have sex, woo, that was a whole different story. First <laughs> kiss, not so bad. Uh, I think for me it was the opposite. I think the first time I boned, I was probably like a fucking nervous idiot, didn't know what I was doing. And but my first, uh, I mean, I don't want to brag, but for sure I was like, I was like a good-looking kid, and I did pretty well in school. And like 
all the chicks wanted me back when I was, especially like junior high, like all the chicks crushed on me. I had like groupies that were like, Oh, Armando, he's so blah, 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 blah. And I did, I would, but again, I was oblivious. I was a bit, bit, little bit of an idiot, but I did have like, like in fifth grade, I think I had the first time I, I made out with a chick. Maybe it was sixth grade, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was fifth grade. Who knows? But it wasn't like one girl that year. It was like several girls I made out with in the fifth grade. And yeah, they all wanted me. They were all on it. And of course, the older I got, the the fewer and far between those girls that desired me came out of the woodwork. But it is what it well, is. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's just like a, a biological adaptation. You know, like how some animals like peacocks, like male peacocks, they have huge like feathers and plumage to attract mates. Yeah. It's like... Like part of like Mexicans are really adept at sex <laughs> young. That's 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 just part of the genetic. You know, every um, you know like like Nordic people from you know Switzerland are way better at dealing with cold, and Mexicans are like amazing at having babies when they're teenagers. Dude, you know what's you know what's funny is is I so I'm here I am like whatever. How old are you when you're in fifth grade? Is that like ten? Nine, ten? Mm, that sounds right. Because I think you're thirteen to fourteen in sixth grade. Sure. So maybe, so maybe you got that wrong. I, you're six. You're 16 as a sophomore. I know that. Yeah. So I I remember like, for me it was a big deal when I first there was this one girl. Uh, her name was Rosie, and she was 14, or 13, and and it was like already widely known that she'd already had sex at that age. I was like, whoa! Like to me that was like, that was like holy shit! Like I thought that was a big deal. And yeah, you know, it was fast forward a couple more years, and I was already sexually active myself but it was it was like really strange she was like with like a 18 or 20 year old and she was like only 13 four so i was like holy shit like such a big uh eye opener for me but uh yeah hashtag mexican people things people do or whatever however that goes quick 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 check in on the was that too racist for a joke no 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 it's true i mean it is true okay i was just because i was like I feel like it might be a little bit true. I was no. mostly saying it to try to be funny. It was a it was a joke. There was the yeah. peacock feathers Mexicans had, but I was like, I, I don't know. No, you so know I, what? There I was just a, wanted to check. There in. was a movie. I try to. There's a movie that you're aware of these things. There's a movie that came out maybe six, seven, eight years ago that was released like direct to, um, like online. Like it was never it, it never made theaters. It was called Staten Island Summer. If you ever watched that, look, look it up. It's a pretty pretty funny movie. Pretty coming of age type movie. It was a coming of yeah. age movie. I won't get too. Burm, burm, burm. I won't get too much into the premise of a bit of the of the movie, but one of the characters in there like starts talking about like that, and it is a funny scene about how like first it's it's, it's the uh, Latins. No, no, I'm sorry. First it's the black people, then it's the Latins, then it's the blah 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 blah, and then at the end it's the Italians. Like like basically at when at what point like certain uh, certain ethnicities start reaching like their. Uh, their sexual prowess and yeah but the latins are like one of the very as far as age wise one of the very first to become kind of more aware and uh, active so it is it is it isn't racist because it's true if that makes sense anyway okay. watch the movie it's funny you'll think of me there's actually a lorne michaels production if you believe it like a lot of snl comedian actors are on that in that movie and it's it's a good movie huh. i enjoyed it Staten Island Summer. Look it up. Some of the other answers. We, we went on a, a oh, full yeah, tangent. Yeah. But just to see if there are any good ones. The, the question was, just to refresh your memory, what would 12-year-old you never believe about adult you? Uh, the top one says that of all the things I said I'd always remember and never do as an adult, I've largely forgotten and probably do as an adult. Okay, that wasn't 
really an answer. You're, I don't know why this got so many upvotes. Uh, this guy says, 12-year-old me wanted to buy a boat instead of a house, and then I could just live wherever I want and not have a job because <laughs> I would have had rent. 12-year-old me was kind of a genius. <laughs> this this uh, Reddit user said, we never got that we. Wow, this, he's got a weird uh, symbiotic relationship with his 12-year-old self. We never got that growth spurt we were promised. Um, and I got a growth spurt I wasn't promised. Weird. Um, oh, and somebody replied to that. My, mine seems to have been horizontal rather than vertical. Uh, waka, waka, waka. I, I'm wondering if he was talking about his gut or if his weenus. That sometimes when I'm not paying attention, my mom's words slipped right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. I catch myself doing that shit. You know what? That's one that I also probably wouldn't have believed. Because I remember growing up all the time, my mom would would say, like, your your tone of voice was really bad there. And I... And I, I would say, like, I don't understand. Like, what, what was with what I said wrong? And she's like, no, it's not what you said. It's how you said it. Like, you got to watch your tone of voice. And I remember as a kid thinking, that's bullshit. And it took me a long time to realize, oh, that is a real thing. I just have no experience of that because I've modeled myself after my dad. <laughs> and I don't understand how this works. And then when I suddenly understood that, how big of a deal that was, I was like, oh, my mom was right. I've been, I was fucking up my whole childhood. Oops. This person says that I'm almost 40 and oh, and still don't have a stable full of horses. Okay. That was Ask Reddit. That was a barn burner. We got in a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Let's let's not let's not push the envelope too far. I think uh, we did a lot of important work this episode. But is there anything we want to pardon me, is there anything we want to wrap up? Were there any strings that we we uh, still have left untied? You and I uh, talked about it a little or on the, before that we started recording the podcast, so I won't get into too much personal stuff about to to the degenerate listeners out there. But um, the job offering of me, um, you know, in Denver, being the branch manager for this company, it didn't it didn't pan out. The job offering was given to another uh, employee from within. They transferred someone else. But there's they offered me another position within the company. Um, so there's still kind of a small chance of me moving out to De- uh, Denver, fingers crossed. So yeah, you know, things happen. They they whatever. It is what it is. Still uh, continuing to look for a, a jobby job. It's getting cold out there. Just in case, I'm gonna keep trying to build that room because when Armando visited, despite having a large house, we we're like, oh, we don't actually have a uh, spare bedroom because until I build my own house, uh, I'm, I'm occupying a big section of the the second floor so i was like fuck i want to make sure that if he needs it armando has a good place to stay so i've been doing all kinds of remodeling uh, in our basement and it is it man it's far cry from back in the days of trying to fix up the the garage at whittier college where i'm like doing electrical and framing stuff and doing all kinds of things and uh you know maybe i i am not going to end up starting like a big remodeling company Maybe I will, but I feel like this is just useful knowledge. So that's a positive. Try to try to look on the bright side of things. It was good that I told that story about Pinchy because Pinche, Pinche, uh, Pinche. Fuck you! I named him. His name's Pinchy. <laughs> um, you sound like a white guy trying to say Pinche, but you say Pinche. Right, but <laughs> you know what? I was gonna I was gonna make a a joke off of the the creative spellings and names in the NFL and basketball, and I was like, you know what? I felt like I was precariously to the close to the is this racist line, so let's not make that joke. <laughs> let's 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 not let's not uh, get canceled this episode. I've got nothing else for this fabulous episode. 
unless you do. I hope our degenerates enjoyed it. I hope they listened to our last two. Uh, if not, you know, hey, there's plenty of time to catch up. And uh, we always welcome feedback. Send us emails to our uh, email, which is uh, degeneratesclubhouse at gmail.com and or our first names at degenerates blah, 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 blah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Um, we will see you next week. Peace. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.